We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. I was 36 when I was diagnosed. And up until then, I had never been ill. Writings of Mark Nepo, the great poet, who along with his wife, his then wife Anne, were both diagnosed at the same time with cancer. He writes that we found ourselves shoulder to shoulder with death at a time much earlier than most. Yet, he writes, we have also been touched by a relentless, mysterious grace which has surfaced briefly to restore us. We know now that being human, he writes, we are each the crucible, the ever-changing inlet through which the greater whole in all its forms ebbs and flows through us. Indeed, every time the universe, through nature or God, whatever flows through us, we are rinsed larger, cleansed and charged yet again. What is medicine, he asks, if not the laws of nature apply to cleanse the self? And what is God, if not the laws of spirit applied to enlarge the self? It implies that to enlarge is cleansing, to grow healing. To talk about the art of healing is to investigate the various ways both natural and spiritual, that the whole, if taken in, can preserve the part. He writes that at a certain moment of deep despair, he had a dream. And in the dream, a great Chinese poet of the Tang Dynasty came to him in the dream. I don't have dreams like that, but he had a dream like that. (laughs) Here's a great dream. Out of the yellow mist, he came, his oriental beard in tow. We were on a healthy shore, and he sat cross-legged in the sand, scratching delicately with a branch, his slender head down. I crouched and put it to him and said to him, How do I block fear? Right, we've been talking about this for ten days. Right, the first human being in that myth of our story, right, Va'ira, I was afraid. How do I block fear? He lifted his head and he shrugged and said to me, branch waving above him, how does a tree block the wind? And with that, he disappeared. Nepo was broken of his fear, not because he eradicated it, but he was dispelled of the illusion that he could block it. He let his fear come. 
like the wind blowing through the branches of his soul, he saw it, experienced it. And as some of you might have heard me saying, but not all of you, on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, I didn't mean to say that we could make peace with our pieces by making peace with our pieces. I meant to say that when we hold our pieces and give them space and enlarge ourselves, there might be the option, the possibility that what was intention might now rest in a greater whole. When fear is seen and not blocked because we can't block it. I heard once from a rabbi who heard from a rabbi, that's what we do, we quote rabbis, right? <laughs> who translated the very well-known adage of Nachman of Breslov, the great-grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, Nachman from the town of Breslov. Nachman said, and he was a man who f- was quite afraid, frequently. He said, The whole world is a narrow bridge. And the essential thing is, Don't be afraid at all. Some people translate, but this rabbi, who said in the name of another rabbi, said, doesn't mean do not be afraid at all, but do not make fear into a principle. Don't live a principled fear life. When tragedy strikes, when the unimaginable and the unexpected appears, it is so natural to turn in and to close down. It is so absolutely forgivable and understandable. I was sitting with a member of our community who experienced unimaginable tragedy this year. and She said to me, I can't sit during evening prayers because when we begin to pray and we say, the one who makes the light dark, I can't handle it. How quickly her day became night. And then when people, well-intentioned people, well-meaning people say to her, but surely there are moments now of light and goodness And she says, yeah, but when you're so broken, the light passes through you. You can't hold it. Like the wind that passes through each and every one of us with our fear. That enlarges us, that cleanses us, that purifies us, but also holds us when we feel bereft. The Torah reading this morning and every morning of Yom Kippur, every year, is chapter 16 of the book of Leviticus of Aikra. And the phrase, Acharei Mot, after the death of Aaron's two children, reminds me of Adorno's adage, after Auschwitz, there can be no poetry. But there has been poetry since Auschwitz. After the death of Aaron's two children, the Torah and Yom Kippur jump, they, they drop us right in the middle of that, right? In the middle of that unimaginable terror. When I was sitting with my friend yesterday, she said to me, you know, 
From the moment of our tragedy on, we have been in Yom Kippur, so Yom Kippur doesn't really feel like Yom Kippur to me this year. And in many ways, she said, it's almost like a, you know, we're playing at it. But as I said last night, our tradition doesn't want us to play at it. It wants us to go in. Likanes, to go into the Holy of Holies, into this place where the inlet of spirit invites us to enlarge ourselves, where fear comes, fear of losing all that we love, fear of losing all that we know, fear of, fear of. We stand today in fear. You may not feel it, but you felt it at one point this year. You'll feel it tomorrow. And Mark Nepo says to us that when he heard the diagnosis and everything in him went, no, no, no. There was a spirit that said, take a breath. And so this morning, God speaks to Aaron after this tragedy and says to him, I know that everything in you doesn't want to show up. Everything in you is afraid. In fact, Aaron, you are going to go back into the very same place where your two children had their tragedy. How scared must Aaron have been? How terrified must he have felt to imagine stepping back into life, into the marrow of life? How many questions must he have held? How many paradoxes? How many angry moments? How much have been, must have been inside of Aaron right before that moment? And love said to him, Aaron, Bezot yavo aron elakodesh. With this, and on that word, bezot, with this, the Zohar and then all of the Hasidic masters say, bezot, the word zot, which means this, like bezot this. Aaron, you will enter your fear with this, with zot, with this that is right before you, with your fear, with your joy, with your resistance, and with your courage, you will walk in. This year has been, for many of us, on a personal level, a year where we're overwhelmed, where everything in us wants to say, enough. Really, enough. Anybody have that experience this year? <laughs> okay, I'm alone, fine. Enough sadness, enough news, enough. The waves of fear, the waves of sadness, the waves of, the waves of cynicism. I can't find it. I can't find it. And each and every one of you are showing up today and you showed up and you're here. And the pristine original mind and heart that all of us live with, even as fear ripples, as it blows through, reminds us the zot in this, in this moment here, these flowers this beautiful child, 
this moment, that's you. Yom Kippur demands that we read the story so that we might remember after Yom Kippur. This moment. This moment. There is poetry after tragedy. There's poetry. This first aliyah is for the community, but it is specifically for anyone who has that wants to hear God's voice saying that, spirit's voice, heart's voice, whatever you say, saying one more breath, one more moment, hold my hand. What is in us can make us well if we let it not only be in us but move through us. As Spirit moves you and moves through you this morning, I invite you to please rise if it is your calling this morning to stand with Aaron and to re-enter the Holy of Holies.